Welcome to Smart Parents Successful Students Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Panos. I run a tutoring company for K through 12 students who need help with reading, math, writing, study skills, ACT, SAT, prep, and more. My tutors work both virtually and in person. We specialize in really getting to know your kids and helping them thrive. I was a teacher and leader in a Georgia school system for 25 years. I saw what worked and what didn't. And there are definitely some gaps that teachers can't touch, which is why our tutors are so important. Teachers can only do so much. I'm here to bridge that gap between parents and teachers to help your kids become successful in school and beyond. Hello, everybody. It's Helen Panos. Welcome to my uh, podcast again today. I'm glad you could join us, my Smart Parents Successful Students podcast. And I have a, a different guest with me today. Her name is Sharon Reed, the heart lady. Hello, Sharon. How are you doing? Hi, Helen. I'm excellent. Thank you. Awesome. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for joining me. And I'm just going to uh, inform our audience about what you do. Um, Sharon um, has a company called Three Hearts, One Beat. I love that. (laughs) It's an awesome um, title (laughs) to your company. And um, she is a emotional intelligence and relationship um, uh, specialist for personal and professional development. She integrates suggestions for a healthy body, cleaning hurtful or clearing hurtful emotional experiences using various holistic modalities for a happier and purposeful divine life. That's awesome. Well, um, we're going to get started with our um, our interview here, and I wanted to ask you to tell our audience um, what was your journey like and, and what got you to this point of what you're doing today to help people. Uh, Well, thank you for that. It's been very interesting. I have been called uh, to do this work. I have always been a trainer at at heart, and for funny, with pun intended. (laughs) I'm sorry. I started out in the healthcare field as a respiratory therapist. Again, a position that I was called to do wasn't something that I looked for. A girlfriend of mine says, hey, um, we need respiratory therapists. You want to come and do that? And I was like, "Mm, no, what's that? And this is what you know, you get breathing treatments and you already work in a pediatric clinic. You'd be great for this. Mm -hmm. I've had a virtual interview. That's way back there in the 80s um, where it was a phone call and she hired me right over the phone and then started training on the job and then got certified and registered and licensed and worked as a respiratory therapist. And as a respiratory therapist, we do uh, the lungs and the heart, they all work together. And so did that for about 25, 30 years and then got tired of it, mainly tired by saying that because I'm holistic in nature and I believe that we all have and should learn some abilities to really self-heal, mm-hmm. I, um, I really changed and became more of a, again, as a trainer at heart, I began to train nurses on how to take care of those who had serious respiratory illness in nursing homes and long-term care facilities. And so along with that, I had been teaching medical assistants. Uh, With medical assistants, I've always taught the clinical 
uh, aspect, teaching them how to uh, draw blood and do EKGs and, and human relationships and communications. And I really did well with human relations and my director only wanted me to teach that class and I was having good um, uh, detention. And so um, I noticed that my the teachers were always calling their students to come and talk to me. But it wasn't about academics. It was always about their social issues. <laughs> always about their problems. And then one day I stood up, I said, well, do you see I have a collar around my neck? Do I look like, <laughs> you know, I'm a priest, a preacher or something? And they all stood up together in unison and said, yes. <laughs> so I was like, woo. Then right about that time, someone it was called to me again. Someone said, you know what, Sharon, you'll make a great life coach. And so this was in the early 90s. Again, I was like, what's a life coach? And so I started to pursue it. And, and of course, as a when you're a coach, it's always best that you have a coach as well. And uh, so I went to a life coach just to see how they did it. And she looked at me and she said, you would be an excellent life coach. So I, I started my business. And I started my business out with called Work It Out Workshops. And anytime I said work it out workshops, I got that name actually from my clients who said, I just need to work it out. So I was like, let's work it out. And I gave a lot of workshops. So that's when we work it out workshops. But then I started going to network meetings and so forth. Work it out almost like sounded like I was teaching fitness. Mm -hmm. So just going to these various networks, I started to really hone in on what do I do and how does all my clinical and instruction as an adult instructor and coaching and all of that, how, what do they have in common? And it was mm. all about the heart. And so I also have uh, been teaching CPR for over 30 years with American Heart Association. So I was like, everything I do is around the heart. So that's how three hearts won't be. Physical heart has to do with the uh, physical uh, health and of course, teaching CPR, but really understanding heart health and uh, became a certified health coach to work with those who had chronic illnesses that were all things around the heart, diabetes, high blood pressure, smoking, weight control, all of that has to do with the heart and mm -hmm. heart health. And then the second heart is your emotional heart where you learn that a lot of the physical illness is due to emotional wounds and learning how to heal and navigate, understand where your wounds are and how they affected your life, um, work, relationships in particular, and mm -hmm. then how it helps mold your beliefs and who you become. And then the spiritual heart are actually the tools and the techniques that I use to help you to get where you want to be so you can be aligned, centered, find clarity, focus, and really find your divine self. So hence, three hearts, one beat. I love that. I, I absolutely love that. That's awesome. <laughs> so it's all a those, long way to come back to the story. <laughs> that, I mean, but that's what it's all about, really, is emotions and, yeah. um, you know, the spirituality and yeah. all of that. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and, and you know what, I'm going to bring this question up since I know you, you and I were just speaking before we started the podcast about 
kindergartners and I want to hear what you're doing actually with children. We'll start there. <laughs> Again, this is something that I have just been called to. I, there was um, uh, a friend of mine, a daughter has said that, hey, I, um, I know you're a coach and I know you work mainly with relationships and adults and I know that you do a lot of family dynamics. And she also knew that I took fostering uh, parents leadership classes with United Way and, and, and taken um, other courses that really help the parents of these uh, children. And so she said she needed a, a coach and there was a summer transition coach for rising kindergartners. Would I consider working with them? And so now I am a transitional coach for rising kindergartens, working with the parents, not so much the children, but again, the children are involved because this is all about family dynamics. So, uh, you know, I've learned to talk about how parents can help their children discipline in this new age. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, back when I grew up, there was nothing like um, you can't tell the child no and learning how to redirect, learning how to deal with tantrums, learning how not to use the belt, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I remember those days. Yeah. <laughs> or you remember the look. Yes. The look. <laughs> or, or you keep it up. I'll give you something to cry for. So when we get those, those type, I've learned that when we talk to our children about their um, emotional responses, that it is really for us to pay attention because our children suffer from anxiety. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they're, uh, they become where they can't express their true feelings. Mm -hmm. And then there's fear of punishment. And these things start at the young age, from your pre-kindergartner. They start when they start to understand directions, when they start to read your body language, when they look at your, your face and hear your tone. These are all things that they um, that become a part of how they think and feel. And what mm -hmm. I've learned, you know, as a parent is so important to build memories. And when you yeah. think about how many times a kindergartner or hears the word no, or a pre-kindergartner, a toddler hears no, 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 compared to how many times they hear yes. Mm -hmm. it, you know, that. <laughs> we're, we're taught from young, no, 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 all, all the negative, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and we got it, we got it get the yes in there somewhere <laughs> yeah. and so it's not about saying no it's about redirecting them and letting them know what they can do instead of what they can't do mm -hmm. and, and when they learned what they when they hear what they can't do or their feelings have been dismissed and they think that they now are bad and when you tell them things um that well you know uh other kids have it worse we've heard that before right and, and 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 you put them in this in this emotion where they feel as though their emotions, their crying, their feeling, their sadness is insignificant. And then we grow up with that. So it's real important that we validate, no matter how our children are acting, we validate their feelings. And the best thing to do is continue to ask questions rather than tell them. Ask 
these mm -hmm. questions where they are able to express and just say that I'm ready to listen to you. And you'd be surprised how a child will open up, especially after a tantrum. I don't do, I don't want to do my homework. I don't want to do my homework. Well, why don't you want to do your homework? It's too hard. It's too hard. I don't like doing homework. This is, well, what do you, and then just start and redirect and ask them more questions about the homework. Why don't you like doing the homework? And, and can I help you? And, you know, mm. things like that. Then you they start to say, hmm, she's interested in what I'm saying and what I'm feeling. And that helps them to become more stable emotionally as they become. That's interesting. Adults. Interesting you should say just that example, because I just encountered a kindergartner who I've been tutoring myself. And he kept, he keeps you telling me he can't do something like he can't do this. He can't, I was working with him on drawing or whatever. And he's like, oh, I can't do that. But he, he's very high level in reading. So I know he's capable of doing a lot of things. And he just had that can't put the stoppage on there. Like, no, no, no. But that's, that's pretty much a learned behavior from somebody usually in the family. A special message from Dynamis Learning Academy. Did you know that writing is a huge component of science, history, language arts, and so many other subjects in school? If your child struggles with writing, they will most likely struggle across the board in school. It doesn't have to be this way. Writing can be taught and almost all kids need a refresher. At Dynamis Learning Academy, we have a three-day online creative writing workshop that is fun and exciting for kids, but also gives them the strategies they need to improve their writing everywhere across the board and especially in school. They even leave the class with a completed writing product. To learn more, reach out to us at 770-282-9931. Um, so parents, be aware of that, uh, because if you're doing it or your husband's doing it or whoever's listening to this show, maybe your grandparents are, are watching your child, you know, while you work, Some, they may be picking this up from somewhere. And so I've, I've finally broken him through that after multiple times of telling him, no, you, I don't want to hear that terminology. You can do this and you can't tell me you can't do it because you haven't even tried it yet. <laughs> Yeah. And that's the key. It's not that you can't do that. It's that I know that if you try, uh, that you can, and then find other things that they do well. So mm -hmm. when you learn to praise and mm -hmm. affirm what they can do, then they can use that strength as a resource to do what they think they can't do. And then even saying, well, you know, I can't draw real good either, or I can't do you think you, you can help me out? Or you draw something and, 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 and both of you laugh a bit. Now you try. Mm -hmm. So when we use, our, use that as an example and use ourselves and ask them to help you, then they start to calm down and try to figure it out for themselves. Mm. Yeah, so the power of praise. I'm glad. Do you want to say anything else about the power of praise? I know you've mentioned it already. Yeah, well... I think that we don't praise our children enough. And with these days where there's a lot of um, self-consciousness about trying to fit in, about um, uh, anxiety, as you were saying, we don't let them know how much, how well they do. And if we learn to nurture our children's talents, 
and tell them how good they are instead of how rude or how stupid or how much they misbehave, especially when we're angry. We say, you know, a lot of them don't realize that we're not calling them stupid, but well, their actions may be stupid. They don't understand that at kindergarten and, and even up to 12th grade, they're ingraining in their minds that, you know, my parents says that I'm stupid or I can't do that. So if you receive the things that you can praise them for without having to give them a reward. Hey, you know, you really look good today. Or I'm so proud that you were able to figure that out. You know, I believe that part of power of praise is um, loving failure. Mm. Wow, you didn't do that well. But guess what? You get another chance. You get an opportunity to do it again and again, and you're going to master it. So it's okay if you didn't do well. Guess what? You got another chance. Let's try it again. And so just using the power of praise helps to uh, encourage um, self-confidence. And mm-hmm. when you're more confident, you feel and self-secure. Then, yes. uh, you know, it just helps you as you grow into I, who you become. I, I agree because, again, this little child says to me, well, I do want to get in the in the gifted program. And I said, well, good. He goes, but it makes me, it just makes me anxious. The testing makes me anxious. I'm like, oh, so he's got anxiety about it. So I think, but I, I believe it's about the confidence level yeah. that's causing yeah. that, the lack of confidence, I should say. Yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. Nurturing the confidence and teaching him techniques like, well, take a deep breath. And remember how well you did on other tests. You can do just as well. So before you take the test, breathe and say, I can do this. I see 100 on my paper. I am an excellent test taker. I can do this. And when you give them these little phrases of affirmation before they start taking the test, especially taking that breath, because it helps to shift the nervous energy. And so breathe and just picture that you have done so well picture the teachers saying oh great job picture your patient your uh, parents hugging you and say I knew you could do it and when you give them those things to hold on to the anxiety begins to decrease Mm, yeah so are there what are some other emotional challenges that you see children going through right now especially after this last year right that we've had (laughs) is there anything else uh, that stands out to you and how can how can parents support them? Any other way that you want to bring up? Um, just really um, validating the child's emotions, making sure that your body language matches what you're saying, uh, ensure security and safety with your child, uh, help them to be curious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, when you're praising, don't overdo it. It has to be genuine, right? Because then you can start up a whole other issue by, you know, giving praises and giving rewards. So the important thing is don't overdo it. Uh, but also respect. A lot of us, uh, we grew up, and a lot of times our parents didn't say, didn't use the manners that we were taught. They didn't say thank you, please, excuse me, and didn't say it enough. And so it hasn't been part of 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 how they. Um, interact with others and so if we become the example remember children can't be what they can't see 
Mm-hmm. And when we are dealing with our children, there is always a reason for the behavior. And so that is us as the guide and as the coach and as the parent of the child. We're all of those as parents, whether mm-hmm. you have biological children or not. We are the, the, the nurturer, the caregiver, the uh, guide. So we always want to remember that if they are misbehaving, there's a reason for it. And we, if we understand the reason for it, then we're able to better communicate with the child so you have a better positive outcome. Hmm. I agree. That's awesome. So what is the best piece of parenting advice you've received over time that helped you become a, a better parent for your child? Uh, I would say... Uh, I remember my mother has always told me, be careful what you promise your child. Mm. She says, don't make promises that you can't keep. That's she true. Says, don't promise. And she heard me promise my one of my uh, children when they were very young. And she says, you know, you can't do that. So don't promise. I thought that was real important. And then um, nurture your children's talents and I listen to everything that they say. Stop interrupting them. You'd be, you'd be surprised what you learn. Mm, yeah, that's amazing. But yeah, children will remind you if you promise them something. They never yeah. forget that. They don't forget, <laughs> and they don't, especially when they don't get it. Right. <laughs> They'll keep asking day after day after day. <laughs> oh, I promise Santa Claus is going to bring it, and Santa Claus never did. <laughs> you know? So we have to be reminded. Oh, I thought we were going to go outside. We were going to go to the park, and it rained all day, and they're still thinking about going to the park. Yeah. So we want to be no matter how small it is. We want to be careful on what we promise, mm-hmm. because we're also teaching them respect and what your word means. And so it's important that we remember that. That's true. So what uh, what did your parents teach that has helped you become a better adult, would you say? That's that's, that's a hard one. I can remember, um, I'm going to just have to skip to what is the quote, because that's what really taught me. My, a quote, that, that is ingrained in my head that I really think that has helped me to become an authentic and um, understanding, even to be a good coach. She, my mother would always say, speak the truth, speak mm-hmm. it ever, cost it what it will. He who hides the wrong, he does the wrong thing still. Mm-hmm. And that's so that's talking about always speak the truth. So that has to deal with integrity, which is why that is a top value for me, a personal value, integrity. And then he who hides the wrong, you're still doing the wrong thing. That is something that my mother would always say. And she, and I heard my daughter the other day um, tell her son who was lying. She said, when I was brought up, my mother told me, that a liar becomes a thief and a thief <laughs> becomes a murderer and the murderer ends up dead or in jail. <laughs> and I 
fell out. So again, you have to re remember and be mindful of what you tell your children and the memories that you create. And he said, well, I, I'm not gonna lie because I'm not a thief. <laughs> I'm not so gonna kill anybody. So it really kind of put a little fear and thought in it, but it was so funny <laughs> when I heard her say it. <laughs> That's funny. So tell the audience, is, is there um, something you want to offer them to somehow for them to reach out to you, to speak with you, if they're having some things they want to talk to you about with children? Sure, with children or with themselves and dealing with their own um, emotions and trying to uh, break through childhood trauma or old patterns that didn't serve them and they're afraid that they may bring these patterns and behaviors to their child, which we ultimately do. Because how many times do we say, I'm never going to do that. And then as a parent, we end up <laughs> doing it. You know, I, I remember saying that. Or we go to the opposite extreme and saying, oh, I'll never do that. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, then we don't give them the lesson. Mm -hmm. but how to get in contact with me, my social media handle is at the heart lady that's t-h-e-e -E, heart lady and i'm on facebook at um sharon heart read or at the faith uh at the heart lady and on linkedin same thing so check me out give me um uh, email at sharon at three hearts one beat you spell the all the words out t-h-r-e-e -E, hearts h-e-a-r-t-s one o n e beat.com and i'd love to be able to do a workshop or you get a with this if you listen to this and you mention helen's name you will get a 30 minute free consultation awesome wow I, if i was you folks you should reach out to sharon because 30 minutes is a lot of valuable time for free and that's real nice of you to do that because i know i've had conversations with parents on the phone and I mean, they can get a lot of value in 30 minutes. Yeah, in 30 so, minutes. So um, thank you very much for joining me today, Sharon. I appreciate you sharing your knowledge. And, um, you know, there's a lot of emotional intelligence that goes into a lot of this. And um, you're, you're, you're definitely doing great work with kids and parents and adults. And, and you're well needed. Even more so, I'm sure you're very busy these days. <laughs> I, I have been, been working with a lot of young folks who are going through anxiety and really giving them some other techniques besides um, what their primary care provider. I work mm -hmm. with primary care. I work with a pedia pediatrician and, and a family practitioner. So I integrate all that, the health, the emotions, and then what they can actually do about it. So thank you for this time, Helen. Well, thank you. I appreciate you coming on to share your knowledge. And everybody, I I hope you join us again on the next episode of Smart Parents, Successful Students. And we will see you again soon. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Smart Parents, Successful Students podcast. I hope this episode has been insightful and inspirational. Wherever you're listening, be sure to go ahead and subscribe to get the next episodes and to join our email list by going to www.dynamuslearningacademy.com backslash podcast backslash. Also, it would warm my heart if you reviewed the podcast on Spotify and shared it with your community. And remember... 
I believe that every child would benefit from getting extra support outside the classroom, whether they are struggling or are part of an advanced or gifted program, because teachers just can't do it all. Please connect with me about our K-12 tutoring, SAT or ACT prep classes, and writing workshops to help your child excel in school. I can be reached through email at helen at dynamuslearningacademy.com or by phone at 770-282-9931. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.